It is 8.20 on this Saturday morning. Sterling Fox joined by Matt Sakaris, the co-host of Sakaris and Price.com. Matt, from his vacation. Matt, good morning. Hey. Good morning, Sterling. How I, are you? I'm well, thanks. Last time you and I talked, you were packing up the car to head to PG and points <laughs> north for your summer holidays. How'd that go for you? Oh, it went very well, and we were very pleased with our decision to stay in BC and drive for vacations this summer as opposed to getting involved in the rat race that is our airport. That's right, and sta- stay away from that can business if you can avoid it. So a couple of important football games last night for, for local football fans involving yeah. two favorites, the Lions and the Seahawks. The Lions lost to Sioux Saskatchewan. That mattered a whole lot more than an exhibition lost by the Seahawks down in Dallas. Uh, no quarterback, yep. no Nathan Rourke last night, and it showed, didn't it? Well, it, yeah, and the common link here, Sterling, the drama at quarterback with both franchises, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Nathan Rourke, who takes over for the BC Lions this year and becomes this superstar of the Canadian Football League, this unicorn that we haven't seen since Russ Jackson, a great Canadian quarterback. Right. And, of course, he gets the foot injury last week in Regina. He misses the game last night. The Michael O'Connor era begins. Another Canadian quarterback. Yeah. This one from UBC, where he won a collegiate, where he won a national championship. And believe it or not, Sterling Michael O'Connor was the highest-rated Canadian quarterback coming out of high school ever. I mean, he was recruited and went to Penn State on a scholarship. It was a huge U.S. school. Uh, but the poor guy gets hurt himself, and let's face it, wasn't very. Um, effective when he did play gives way to the third stringer and the Lions lose an ugly duck like game you know here's the pity the defense played well enough yeah. to win that game Agreed. and mm-hmm. I think these are the sorts of games that the Lions are going to have to win going forward without Nathan Rourke I'm not sure they can get into shootouts uh, like they were earlier in the year and just you know believe that they're going to get the last score and the winning score I think they're going to have to win in a different way the game last night presented itself with an opportunity in the fourth quarter for BC to win, and alas, they couldn't get it done. Yeah. So again, you're right, though. It's going to call on upon a different game plan right. without uh, you know your your phenom quarterback, uh, Mr. Rourke. So yeah, you yep. just have to ch- change it hey, up. And they didn't hey, get that. Ch- yeah. Somewhat like the Seahawks are going to have to win this year. Some like somewhat like the American style of game where you're going to have to lean on your running game, lean on your defense and hope that your quarterback makes just enough plays. Although, boy, in the case of the Seattle Seahawks right now, you wonder just how low they're going to sink down the NFL standings this year. I mean, Geno Smith is a journeyman quarterback, and it just see like Pete Carroll's enthusiasm alone is not enough to make him an NFL starting quarterback, even though the Seahawks coach does not lack for enthusiasm in any way, shape, or form. Who knows, maybe between Geno Smith and Drew Luck, who are veteran guys, uh, Drew Luck, they they, they, uh, find a way to manufacture enough victories and stay competitive, but boy, they're in a very tough division, and I think it could be a long and boring year. Yeah, it could be a dry one for Seahawks fans, and they they have a huge contingent up here of season ticket holders in BC. They know that, too, so interesting stuff. Need to change gears? that's going to be the test, my friends. You know, how many British Columbians stick with them through the lean years? Are you willing to, as you say, deal with a rive can on the way back across the border and put in the time to get down to Seattle on game? 
Dick. Well, we're, we're kind of long-suffering when it comes to our, our Seattle teams. <laughs> We've been cheering for the Hawks and the Mariners for a very long time, those of us diehard fans here on the West Coast. It's the closest thing we have. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the journey down I-5, is, is it could be a little thinner this year, Matt. Yeah, uh, let's, so. let's talk about this, because you wrote about it in the paper this morning in the Daily Hive, this proposal by the mayor of Surrey to have a 60,000-seat oh. stadium, um, McCallum's Fantasy Stadium out there in Surrey. Well, you, you wrote, tell us what you wrote about it, basically. Well, just Sterling, if, if he had said 30,000 seats, you, me, and every other media outlet in town would have covered it as a serious story. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there is an argument to be made that our community needs a, a 30,000 seat venue. There's an argument to be made that the Lions and the Whitecaps would be better off in a more intimate venue. But, you know, when you're saying it's a 60,000 seat stadium and, you know, go on to say we're looking to lure the Lions and the Canucks, well, I mean, you know, now you're you know, totally in fantasy land because you don't even know what sports you're trying to play right, uh, right. inside your 60,000 seat stadium. So, yeah, I mean, it was kind of a ridiculous um, story and it was kind of a ridiculous pledge, uh, you know, chock full of election problem, although I'm not sure how that gets you votes, Sterling. Uh, really? You know, the constituency in Surrey better than me, but if I heard my mayor saying that, I would be like, that's a reason not to vote for you. Yeah, let's leave that one where it is because it's it's going to be part of the election this fall, and that's not oh, too my. too many weeks away. Let's talk Canucks for our final sixty seconds. Are you surprised they haven't made the Miller move yet? Well, no, just because I think the NHL is you know pretty much uh, you know gummed up here in terms of you know not enough salary cap space. There are thirteen teams that are right now over the salary cap. You're allowed to be over the salary cap in the off season, so. They're going to have to do some roster manipulation uh, before the start of the season. And half the league is right there at the salary cap or above. So you don't have a ton of partners to deal with on a trade. And, of course, he wants a very rich contract extension that I don't think the Canucks or anybody else right now are eager to give him. So we'll see his agents making some noise about the start of the regular season. Right. October 12th as being a, sort of a deadline for contract negotiation talks. If that's the case, then... You know, maybe something gets done in September and before the start of October. Interesting. It'll be uh, it'll be fun to watch because it's it's going to be quite a deal if one gets done, don't you think? Yo, I absolutely think so. And look, if uh, the Canucks wind up re-signing this player, what a reversal of fortune from what we thought when this new management team came in last year and they started shopping JT Miller before the trade deadline. Well, it's not boring over there. It's quiet, no. but not boring. No. That's for sure. Well, and the other thing is, Sterling, like, hey, we're back to some winning here. With our teams. The Lions are 8-2. The Whitecaps have a big one today at BC Place. They get it. They have a chance to go back to the playoffs. And even the Canucks look better. So, you know, it's starting to be an exciting time in, in Vancouver sports. Well, we'll leave it right, right there on that very upbeat observation, Matt Sakaris. <laughs> Thanks so Thank much for you, this. Sir. Great to have you back on the show. We'll do I it again. Thank you. There's Matt Sakaris. You can find him at sakarisandprice.com every day. It is 827 on the button. The news is next. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. 
<laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.